Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from New York, Joey Nochel Prano. Hello, Andy. Good afternoon, Mr. Prano. Good afternoon. How was Christmas? Uh, Christmas was good. It was uh, fun. Christmas Eve over at my sister's. My brother, his family came over. Christmas Day. uh, Uncle cousin some of gabby's friends you know it's all about the kids these days it's just getting the kids their gifts uh it was it was great is, although is, i have although i have joked I, I even joked about it on stage last night like the big the big gift exchange was <clears throat> my brother my brother-in-law got my sister a car and my sister got my brother-in-law a drill attachment I mean, ladies, what are we doing out here? Whoa, there is a discrep. <laughs> there is a discrepancy. Yeah, a car to even, a drill attachment. Not even a drill. Just a right hand attachment for the drill. Oh my. Yeah. That's one he can hold over her forever. Yeah. Wow. In fact, I'd argue in the history of gift giving, has there ever been a bigger discrepancy? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like if we looked at the history of gift giving. I, I that's got to be top five. Got to be. That's you're unbelievable. F- you got forty five thousand dollar difference. <laughs> that's unreal. I'm sure you and your brothers had some fun with that. Yeah. So all in all, good. You know, I'm glad that I glad that I lost thirteen pounds in the weeks leading up to Christmas because I think it's all back. So I'm back to neutral. Now we got it. But that's good because now when I, you know, you start your new year fresh, at least I'm not 13 pounds above where I started. I'm basically back at zero. Depending yeah, yeah, on how you look at it. So, well, well, I saw something the other day. What tons of cookies that? and shit, you know, dude, how can you not? It's, it's the season. I saw something. What was the headline? It said, uh, what did it say? The toxic phrase we need to stop saying around the holidays no, you don't need to, in quotes, earn or in other quotes, burn your food. Here's why this mentality is more damaging than you realize. Hmm. Well, if you eat a shit ton like I did as well, you kind of do need to burn that. If you have a bunch of slices of apple pie like I did on top of all the other stuff. Rewatched Christmas Vacation. I haven't seen Christmas Vacation in... A long time. Yeah, I'm trying to think the last time I saw it. Noticed a couple new things that I wanted to point out briefly. When Cousin Eddie rolls up and he's saying, oh, no, the kids can stay inside. We need some alone time. I I, I rewound it twice, and then I also put on the caption. Because I'm like, did he just say that? He says something to his wife about getting out the rubber sheets and gerbils. Yeah. (laughs) Do you remember that? Yeah. Like what? 
the rubber sheets and gerbils. Is that a reference to like shoving a gerbil up your butt? I guess it's a reference to whatever you think it is a reference to with Cause gerbils. Because that, that was like a thing when we were growing up, right? That was, well, the urban legend was Richard Gere lost one up there, right? Yeah, that was the urban legend. But I ne- had never caught that. That's why I love rewatching movies. And it was fine because he went to the ER and he had it removed and it was it was perfect timing because right as he arrived at the ER, they were just um, getting Marilyn Manson out, who was like dying of or uh, dr- drinking too much cum or like having his ribs removed or whatever. Remember, there was like, no, the rumor on Marilyn Manson was he had a rib removed so he could, so suck, he could suck his own dick. And then yes. like there was what was it like Fiona Apple or somebody was like they had to pump her stomach because she had 10 gallons of cum in her or something. No, like, I heard that weird. from Al- Alanis Morissette as well. Yeah, sure. Whoever. The point is, all of these were total lies. Well, you know, what's crazy is like growing up, we got to hear this stuff. Those things don't exist anymore because of the Internet and social media. Yeah, they just Google it like, well, this never happened. Yeah. But you should re I don't know if you want to rewatch it now. Now that like Christmas is over, but it's it, it, it's it's again, there's some things I picked up that I had never noticed before, e- even like the end after the. The, the police and the SWAT team comes. They're just hanging out at the house, partying and dancing. And I'm, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. And I know, obviously, it's a movie. But I'm like, the movie is basically essentially reels for the most part. You know, you're essentially in a real world. But now the cops are just like dancing. And the SWAT team's just hanging out with the Griswold family after they came. Yeah. Another odd thing I had never noticed before. Now, I can only imagine that your brother... And multiple dirt balls who are on our phone are like, yeah, Christmas vacation, great movie. But vacation, the lampoon vacation spinoff with Ed Helms and Christina Applegate, clearly the dominant vacation movie. I agree. That's definitely a uh it's definitely a, a lunatic dirt balls and your brother hot take. Oh, we 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 have some calls about that. We will get to that later in the show. We have some Revenge of the Sith defenders. And I actually I actually sent the calls to my brother. I mean, it's, it's, you know, you, you never underestimate the dirt balls, the defenders of using someone who's died toenail clippers. Now we have revenge of the Sith defenders. I feel like your brothers should have their own like spinoff show just for like the wild and crazy dirt balls who are, who can justify anything. Yeah. It's unbelievable. We do have some good calls, so uh, we'll, we'll get to those later in the show. But we first have to talk NFL. We've made it through 16 weeks. We're almost at the finish line, Joe Prano. I know. Where do we start? That's a good question. I mean, do we start with the third most passing yards in a game ever, despite not having not drafting an offensive lineman ooh. in the first? The first five picks, do we start with Baker Mayfield and his disastrous performance despite Odell Beckham scoring touchdowns basically every game in Los Angeles? was not That was not the answer, getting, getting rid of the cancer. We can start where do we, we st- Where do we start, Andy? We can start with Joe Burrow's day against a middle the third school. most passing yard in the history of the NFL in a game. 
two yards shy of a Matt Schaub performance. And I think the most ever was like a Norm Van Brocklin or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was impressive. It was impressive to do that against the middle school secondary of the Baltimore Ravens that just came off uh, the practice squad. But Hey, kudos to Burrow. Burrow has never been the problem. His offense has never, I've said this since day one, as we know, uh, Burrow's the real deal. The offense is the real deal. They beat the shit out of Baltimore had no chance in that game. No chance. I mean, that was over before it started. And Bengals now have a 4,000 yard passer, a thousand yard rusher and 2000 yard receivers all under the age of 25, all 25 or under. Yeah, they do. And they're still not going to win a playoff game. I know you're doubling down on this and doubling down on this. And I don't know. I've, I've, I've ridden back and forth on the, uh, on the, the Bengals this season about how I feel about them. I've never sort of swayed on their potential of winning uh, a playoff game. Although I will say in the end, still like to me, I don't really, I'm not really judging teams on necessarily a playoff win, although I think that's a big step for a franchise, but you know, it all obviously depends on the matchup, but I still don't have the Bengals obviously as, as any sort of Super Bowl contender, even though they're currently the three seed at nine and six. Yeah, man. And, and look, they, they, you can only play who you're scheduled. And obviously they have no control over, a third string quarterback that just got signed or a team that's just been ravaged by COVID. Look, they did what they had to do, but you know, I would counter that. And you, I think you'd agree, you know, playoffs are a different animal, especially when it comes to defenses. So if the playoffs started today, they'd have the Patriots at home. I like, I still like my chances with that game with a bill Belichick prepared Patriots defense. So, you know, we'll see. Basically, this is what it boils down to. I, I made another bet. I made I made a bet. You know, I got a lot of friends obviously chirping at me. So I made another bet that Burrow will never win a playoff game as a member of the Cincinnati Bengals. I think but, that is maybe your most reckless bet yet. And it could be. But I well, again, I'm these bets are me banking on history that no one's been able to overcome the, the stink of the ownership. And. Like my buddy counted with Burrow is a winner and has been a winner everywhere he's been. No one's denied that. But That's, can he? I, I honestly don't even, I don't give a shit about that. And I don't give a shit about that because I can guarantee you Brody Croyle was a winner in high school. And Brody Croyle was a winner in college. Like every single guy that goes to Ohio State or Alabama or SC was a winner wherever they were like guys, every single player playing major college football, they won their state championship because that's how they got there. Like it's such a stupid Mark Sanchez was a winner in high school. He's a winner in college. It's like, yeah, a fucking course he was like that. What a horrible, horrible way to judge a player. Yeah. Well, he obviously has all the intangibles. But uh, uh, yeah, again, I, this this has nothing to do with Joe Burrow. I think Joe, Joe Burrow is great. Yeah, he is great. But 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 to you know, as, as that that is your basis, find somebody who fucking wasn't a winner. 
look, man, he played great. They have, like we've said, I, 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 I'm again, also not changing my viewpoint on them drafting an O-lineman because he has the weapons. He still was sacked the most entering this week. I, I, I stand by all that. Do I think it's reckless to have him in the game at the end? Yes. In a division game where there's bad blood between the two teams. I, I think it's stupid. I would never have done that. I think it's stupid, but I don't think it's a, uh, I don't think it's any sort of disrespect. And honestly, you know, they were, they asked Joe Burrow about the, the comments of, uh, you know, of him. yeah. Um, and I like that that's billboard, you know, that's, that's, you know, uh, whatever the fuck, well, I don't know, you know, whiteboard material for them. Yeah. And, uh, and I like that he wants to stay in there and I like that he wants to pour it on. And I like that he's here to say, Oh, you guys ran this division for a minute. Well, now we're going to fucking run this division. And I, I like that. And do I think it's stupid because all you need is one butt hurt Ravens practice squad guy to attack him. But you know what? That's also the case with any single moment in any game. And to be honest with you, I think, you know, if it were the Bengals, uh, uh, the ones getting blown out, you'd almost certainly see that with their sort of franchise history sure. or the Steelers, the Ravens. I mean, yeah, there's been some dirty players on the Ravens, but I think, you, you know, the Harbaugh as a coach, not, not the kind of guy who's really going to promote that kind of thing. And uh, I liked it. I, I like, I like leaving him in there. Obviously again, stupid. And I ne wouldn't necessarily do it, but I'm fine with it. This is the NFL. Yeah. Blow, you blow out whoever you want. Well, I, I, you know, all they have to do is handle their own business. So they got Kansas city this week at home. And then they have at the Browns, but this has been such a crazy year. If the Bengals lose the next two and the Browns win the next two, the Browns win the division and nine and eight. So a lot can happen. I think about, I mean, you know, I, I, we're, we're, I, we're not really worried about the Browns winning the next two, right? At this point, at this point, I, I'm not sure I'd bet on Baker Mayfield, two touchdown passes in the last couple of games, let alone two wins. Well, I mean, he had two, he had two and well, they're, they're playing well, despite him. Right. I, I mean, that, that green Bay game, they lose by two and he throws. Did he throw throws four? Throws seven interceptions, three dropped. Well, the last call was bullshit. That was a terrible call. The last interception. I mean, that was that was a blatant pass interference. But his other ones were bad. My, my point is the Browns are right in that game. They just played on Tuesday. They're right in that Saturday game. Again, despite him. And. You know, that's all I like for me at this point, he's not the answer. He's not the long-term solution. He's too off and on. And because they have, they do, because they obviously have a squad. Nick Chubb is a beast. You have a good defense when healthy. They have so, they have so many weapons. They can let weapons go. They have so many weapons. They need less weapons for Baker to focus on. You're still you're hung up on Odell Beckham Jr. I, I'm not hung up on it. I'm I I am. There's no I'm enjoying Odell Beckham Jr. Being freed from the Browns, scoring a touchdown in essentially every game. 
I'm I'm not hung up on what I'm hung up on is that, you know, that this was actually a thing that people jumped on. We just don't do it ever. But like for the random guys who we just. Since when is shitty quarterback play a receiver problem? Shitty receiver play being a quarterback problem is obvious. But I don't know. You know, I guess I have a high bar. I guess as a guy who's grown up watching or, you know, I shouldn't say grown up, but my in, in our adult lives, the last 20 years of quarterback play has been so great. The, the Mannings, Breeze, Rodgers, Mahomes, uh, uh, you know, all of these guys, the, the, these guys who turn nobodies into somebodies. Those are the guys that I'm happy giving, saying, take all the money, take all the years, take whatever. You're not the problem. And once you solve that, that's fine. Guys who take receivers, elite receivers, and turn them into nobodies, how can that possibly be the guy? Yeah, but I don't think, I mean, like Odell's impact on the Rams, he's helped them, but it's not, you know, you can say he's got the four touchdowns, but Joe, you know, I mean, look, he's averaging 40 yards a game, 41 yards a game. Yeah, but also he, in what, what are we talking about? Week 11 joins a team with a very in-depth offense that has sprung Cooper Cup to the point on plays where he's arguably, and I would say, very arguably an MVP candidate at this point. I think when you look at what the the touchdown pass that Odell catches in that game, the separation on the red zone there, he's got he's got six yards on a guy. You're, you're talking about a guy who can just get separation and get open. I think Odell, whether it's the Rams or a team like the Rams, you put him on a team, you give him an offseason to learn an offense where they're calling plays for him instead of just well, basically where Odell is at, at this point on the Rams is every week. They're like, Hey man, can you get open in the red zone? And he's like, yeah, I can get open. We no, have eight I, yards I, to get open. No, and he I know, does. But, but my point is like, like, like he's, he's obviously helping them. No one's denying that, but you know, he's got 20 receptions in six games. He's averaging three receptions and 40 yards a game with the four touchdowns, which are obviously the biggest help that that's the biggest addition he's bringing to them is the red yeah. zone. Right. Because I think that's the point where it's him winning a matchup as opposed to them calling plays for Odell Beckham. And, and about the Rams I, at this point, Cooper, if I have a vote, Cooper cups, my second place vote for MVP behind Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, Cooper cup. And honestly, the Jonathan Taylor's talk is fine, and the all the other quarterback talk is fine. But like, we're now at a point where Coop with Cooper Cup season, where not talking about it is either anti-white or anti-wide receiver or some combination of the two. Yeah, so he's leading the league in receptions, yards, touchdowns, and yards per game. Well, we, you know, I'll play a quick call about that. There is a call about the MVP and the Jonathan Taylor and the Cooper Cub talk. Here's a uh, a quick call from a dirtball. Hello, boys. 
Uh, how about that win by the Titans? So just a couple of things. One, if Jonathan Taylor is ever considered an MVP, that is a travesty to the fucking league. There is no scenario in which Jonathan Taylor deserves MVP in this league. Derrick Henry rushes for 2,000 yards and 17 touchdowns. He gets zero MVP votes. And if you're saying that MVP, the second place, should be Jonathan Taylor because they're 8-6, and six, the Titans go 11-5 and five with a 2,000-yard rusher, and he doesn't get in any consideration. He would have shattered every record this year. The Titans would have won a couple of games. They would have beaten the Texans. They probably would have lost to the Patriots. And then they, they beat the 49ers tonight. And so Derrick Henry would be absolutely MVP. And it, it's just upsetting to hear Jonathan Taylor MVP talk just because a lot of the quarterbacks suck this year that they're just trying to look to somebody else. If anything, look to Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is going to hit the triple crown with the receiving records and all that. And you could say about that he's on a good offense. That's fine. But just Cooper Cup is more deserving of MVP than Jonathan Taylor. And Derrick Henry will one day be MVP. Peace. Look, I don't, I don't, I don't really disagree. If you want to go Cooper Cup, first of all, Derrick Henry will never, that's a bet I would take about Derrick Henry winning an MVP. Right. Especially now that he's just had his first serious injury. So here's here's the thing with uh, there's there's a couple things. First of all, I just said I have Cooper Cup over Jonathan Taylor. Second of all, I think that you're talking about last year, uh, Derrick Henry having 2,027 rushing yards and 17 touchdowns. First of all, Jonathan Taylor already has 17 touchdowns. He's got two more games. He's already got 17 touchdowns. He's got one more game if you consider that the, the, the games, it was 16 game season last year and a 17 game this year. So he's already got as many touchdowns as Derrick Henry had last year. He's averaging five and a half yards a carry. Derrick Henry averaged 5.4 last year. So all you're literally arguing is Derrick Henry is more valuable last year than Jonathan Taylor is this year because they gave him the ball more and they, their record was better. Did they give him the ball more? Well, he had 2,027 rushing yards on less yards per carry. Gotcha. So that's sort of a separate argument. Here's the argument for Jonathan Taylor. And I'd almost argue when you look at the 5.5 yards per carry to Derrick Henry's 5.4 last year, the, the Colts record is only what it is because they don't give Jonathan Taylor the ball more. They are 9-0 and or whatever it is in games where he rushes for 100 yards. And in games where they don't get him going, they are 1-whatever. and whatever. Well, he, so, does, he does lead the league. I know this. He has the highest percentage of... The highest percentage of the offense through one guy is, is through Jonathan Taylor of the NFL. So they are giving him the ball a lot. Right. But, but I'm saying in comparison, Derek King, that's the comparison you're making. So I would, all I would say is this. I'm not voting for Jonathan Taylor as MVP. 
I'm not voting for Derrick Henry as MVP last year. I don't think Derrick Henry will be the MVP going forward. And honestly, when you when you start getting into the question, the most valuable player every single year is a quarterback. By definition, like the most valuable player every year is a quarterback. It's not Jonathan Taylor. It's not Cooper Cup. It's not a defensive player. It is a quarterback. That is yeah. who's the most valuable. Now, we've gotten away with that. We've gotten away from that in sports a little bit where we don't necessarily give it to the definition of the most valuable player. But uh, I'm just sort of I'm, I'm taking this caller's uh, points and I should just say this. Listen, if you think Derrick Henry was the MVP last year, then Jonathan Taylor, then you see why Jonathan Taylor gets argument this year. If you think Derrick Henry should be an MVP one day, you understand the argument for Jonathan Taylor. I would argue that the idea of a running back getting it, if it's either of these guys, they should be talked about, but they shouldn't get it. Meanwhile, I think you can't you can't talk about this Rams team who are, is already 11 and four or 11 and five, whatever they are. They already have 11 wins. And without talking about the one guy who the entire passing offense is designed for. Yeah, well, and, and even like Stafford played terrible yesterday. I mean, terrible. And Cooper Cup still plays like he yeah. is the full on. He's the go to guy. It's not often you see it like honestly, not since Jerry Rice. Do I see have I seen it? Maybe Larry Fitzgerald like a little bit at times, but a guy who was the, your go to receiver and your security blanket receiver. Sure. I mean, you even look at those those, you know, the Randy Moss team uh, on the Patriots. It's you have. Randy Moss, then you got the security guy. You know what I mean? You look at those the, those Broncos teams. You had your Welker and you had your Demarius Thomas. It's like it's not often that you're that when you need a catch, you go to this guy, and also he's your big play receiver. Yeah, and, and you know, it, I, I see his point because you know Mahomes has fallen off as far as what he had done before. Mahomes is still having a really good year for the record, and and the argument is some of these guys are playing worse, but. Rodgers hasn't fallen off. Rodgers is the MVP. He just is. I mean, Rodgers, and he's playing the best when he needs to. You know, the guy's got 3,600 yards, 33 touchdowns, four interceptions. And then I just looked it up. The last four games since they lost to the Vikings, he's thrown 12 touchdowns and zero interceptions and 1,100 yards. What do you want? And they've won all four games. That's what I'm saying. Aaron Rodgers is the MVP. By definition and statistically this year, Aaron Rodgers, and he got my vote last year, and he'll get he'll get my vote this year. Yeah, but like like, like to like be the- fair, if we're going to do the conversation, you know, which at this point now, sort of the MVP in the NFL conversation becomes the guy who's not the quarterback. You know, uh, who's it, it's almost like it's it's a secondary award, like in MVP talks. And yeah. to me, in MVP talks, I'm going Aaron Rodgers, Cooper Cup. Then Jonathan Taylor. And I have no problem with that at all. If, if you wanted to vote that way as your, as your second and third picks, but, but I'd agree. I, I think after Aaron Rodgers, I don't know as far as if we stick to quarterbacks after Aaron Rodgers, I don't know who I would put up there. Uh, again, Mahomes is still having a good year, but he it's like a LeBron problem where he has set the bar so high for himself yeah, you're competing against previous years where the stats are so unbeatable, for lack of a better term. And 
you know, Brady again, having a good year, but they they've been shaky at times as far as an offense. And I just don't know any other quarterbacks that you could give it to besides Rogers and guys have fallen off. Like Kyler yeah. Murray's falling off. The, the Cardinals are, they're just a mess right now. They're just a complete mess. And Honestly, I don't think, I don't think yeah. they're going to win a playoff game. Yeah. That was the game for me. I picked them in that game. And that was the game for me that you're like, this is it. This is the defining moment for this Cardinal season because they've had, they had their big wins early on. Then they had a couple of obviously tough losses, bad losses in the last couple of weeks. Now you have, you have that sort of balance where, okay, everything is sort of settled. Now you had your big, huge, you know, almost upset wins early on upset losses late. Now we get into, you know, week 16, week 17, week 18, you show us what you're made of. You have a surging team from the AFC and you lose them and you come out looking pretty good to start. And then you lose to them. Yeah. To me, it almost feels like that game has mirrored their season started hot, fell off late, you know, sort of limping into the playoffs. Yeah. Limping into the end of that game, limping into the playoffs. I'm with you. And like I said, Cliff Kingsbury, if you look at his track record, it's what he does. He did it at the college level. Now it seems to be doing in the NFL. And he doesn't have the teams ready to play when they should be playing their best football. Another team that just has me very frustrated, the Chargers. I mean, I mean, they basically blew. They, they could have blown their entire playoff chances last last night, yesterday. And it's killer from a guy who has season tickets, from a guy who's you know made an investment. It's almost like playoffs. Playoffs is the most important thing. Just get into the playoffs. Get yourself. I mean, a home playoff game is sort of left the building, but you need you need something to build on here. And yeah, dude, the Chargers are just so inconsistent. And the other thing about the Chargers is you're inconsistent. A, a, an average football team or a, or a slightly above average or slightly below average football team, what you see from the middle of the pack football teams is you beat the teams that you're supposed to beat, you lose against the teams you're supposed to lose to. They're at this point now where there's, on any given week, they can fucking lose to anybody. And beat anybody. And beat anybody. Well, look, I know the analytics people have taught us that momentum is not real. And I could not disagree more, as we know. And I said this after that game. That Chiefs game, think about that. They win that game. They're in the lead of the division. They have so much confidence, momentum. They lose. There's a lot of controversy surrounding the coaching decisions. They go down to Houston. They looked flat from the start of that game from the start of that game and herbert played terrible yesterday made some awful throws that pick six was awful and they lose and now i mean if, if they win that game they basically solidified the playoffs they'd be nine and six yeah they'd have the same record as the Bengals, who they beat like like they would they'd be in a good position now they need help to get in at eight and seven and they have this two is this, this is essentially where i was at with the Bengals. When the Bengals lose to the Jets, I you give me no confidence 
in you in terms of going forward and making any sort of playoff push. If you're losing to the Jets, if you're losing to the Texans, like we just talked about the if you're losing to the Lions, who are you if you're losing now? Listen, the Kansas City Chiefs, they had a couple close calls. I mean, they were a phantom Eli Penny taunting call away from losing to the Giants, but they didn't lose to the Giants. Yeah. They've won seven in a row. And now they're starting to wax teams again. Yeah. And I'm loving. I, I mean, I was down bad early. But I'm loving Rams Chiefs Super Bowl prediction. Now, obviously, the Packers are playing great. I'm going to say this about the Packers. If, and if we want to get nitpicky. They're, they're, they keep beating teams that are like really hitting COVID. I'm just saying like and they're beating them close. That's what I'm saying. Like Baltimore, Cleveland, that, that game's at home. Cleveland's dealing with COVID. They're dealing with the Baker Mayfield bullshit. Like you're, you're barely winning games. I would argue like the Rams aren't doing that. I, I just, I, I think, I think, People are not going to like this, Packers fans. I think there's some fool's gold with the Packers right now. Are you making a paper tiger prediction? I'm not calling them paper tigers. I'm just saying I think a lot of these games, again, they're they're playing teams that are like just like like the COVID thing is real. You can't underestimate that. Like, like when it when a team has guys who've never played and suddenly, hey, you're on the team now and you're playing. Guys, that makes a huge difference. We're not talking backups. We're talking practice squad players. Talking practice? You're talking practice? Yeah, we're talking practice, Allen Iverson. Practice squad players. All I'm saying is I agree with you. If I had a gun to my head, I'm going Rams over the Packers. Because the Rams have games where they don't look great, but like, they play poorly. They still don't play as close again. I mean, look, yesterday, Matthew Stafford had. Honestly, my, my, my prediction of AFC NFC championship game matchups has only been completely undone by the fact that Baker Mayfield ran Odell Beckham out of town. I had, I had the Odell Beckham led Rams or uh, Browns playing the chiefs. Otherwise looking great. Yeah, he he would he would definitely have them with three more wins, wouldn't he? I mean, listen, if Baker Mayfield knew how to get guys who get wide open the ball, but now they have a big they have a bigger problem. He sails passes. That's why I noticed in the Packer. That's why I noticed that he he throws high. What's crazy is when Baker Mayfield, if he gets like if he if the Browns move on from him. Progressive had, I mean, not only have they invested in him, they've invested in that stadium for all the commercials. Like, can we talk about the commercial industry of Cleveland will take a major hit? Not just. Does he just start going Wheaties box 80s athlete where he's just like wearing a brown jersey with no numbers on it? (laughs) He still gets to be, they're like, he's still a pretty good commercial actor. Yeah. I remember the, uh, I remember Honeycomb doing that. You get the baseball card of Mark McGuire holding the bat with just yeah. no. You're like, what? what? What team is Mark McGuire playing for? Oh, it's the Honeycomb baseball trading cards. Just a giant blank red hat or something. 
I don't know, man. It's it, it's crazy because now you have the Bills have taken command of that division, and they looked good yesterday. We both we both predicted that. Yep. Josh Allen played well. They have a good defense. Some wild dude. These coaches are wild. I don't know if you watch anything. Wild fourth down. I mean, they're going for it. They made a few. Yeah. They missed a few. I feel like in the in in a game with Bill Belichick, that's where I throw momentum and reasoning and all that stuff out the window because I'm like, oh, you never know what this guy's going to do. Like, I'm totally fine when you're in a game with Bill Belichick and just being like, hey, we got to play wild and crazy. It's like you're playing against the best poker player ever. If you play by the book, he knows your tails. He knows you just got to start like chasing straights, chasing flushes. Just get get reckless. I'm yeah. okay with that, and especially in a Bill Belichick division game. What's crazy is you still have 11 teams in the AFC that are 500 or better, right? And the Titans are still a two seed. Yeah. Like, I don't know how they beat the Niners. Like, that game was just, that was like Jimmy G bad game. And they win. But the Titans are not going to be fun to watch in the playoffs. It's it's brutal to watch. But they figure out ways to win games. The question is, the Titans lost to the Jets, the Bengals lost to the Jets. Will any team who lost to the Jets in the regular season be able to win a playoff game? No. So, so there you have it. You don't think the Bengals or the Titans win a playoff game. I mean, I like the, Beng- the Bengals' chances better unless Derrick Henry comes back. But I can guarantee you this. No team... Again, what are we talking about? I, I said good teams, great teams don't lose to terrible, terrible football teams. We're talking about what what wild card division home games? Yeah, we're we're, we're talking right now. Talking about, like, yeah, I'm saying we're talking, but I, we're talking about wild card home games. Okay. If I if and, I said and, to you, Bengals versus, let's just go over the two. Bengals versus the Patriots today. I like the Patriots. I don't love I don't love the Patriots, but I like the Patriots. Oh, here's a tough one though. Titans versus the Ravens in Tennessee today. Yeah, I'll take the Titans. But my point is, I don't like either of them winning a second game, no matter what. I feel you know, and people probably aren't going to like it. I feel like there's not too much chatter. Lamar Jackson's missed how many games now? There's not enough chat. I feel like no one's saying. Well, it caught up with him because people are scared, but I'm just going to call it what it is. People are scared because of the racial connotations, but it's true. His style of play, a la Cam Newton, it's finally caught up. I'm not saying he's but done. Yeah, forget that racial connotations, a la Daniel Jones. But people like don't want to talk about With a spinal injury. Is it? I feel like no one's discussing that Lamar Jackson's missed. They've lost four. They were, a num- they were the number one seed at eight and three. And they've lost four in a row. He's missed three of those four games. No one's discussing his style of play. I mean, I've been discussing it. How, how long have we been doing this show, Andy? How long have we been doing this show? Almost Before eight years. I, have I said from day one, don't let your quarterback get hit on purpose? And then also, if, if that is your quarterback style, if that's the only way that you can win, is putting your quarterback in that position, a la Cam Newton, a la Lamar Jackson. Um, that's fine. 
that's fine. But just know that that's not a long-term situation. You can't, you cannot count on that long-term. Yeah. You just can't. Sure. I agree. And they have to decide now. The best ability at quarterback by far is availability. Every single team in the NFL that is a legit Super Bowl contender becomes a team that can't win their play a single playoff game if the quarterback goes down. Yeah. So here they are. Like I said, they have to decide. They've now seen what happens when he's not playing and they don't win. And they got to decide if they want to give him a contract. At this point, I know we just we've had this discussion for years, but at this point, it's literally almost worth retooling every four to five years the quarterback court situation for your team. Cause that money spent just the the only time it isn't is if you have one of the six best quarterbacks or seven best quarterbacks in the league, and that's it. But even then, when you give them a deal. There's only so far the rest of that money can stretch. Sure. But Aaron Rodgers makes bad receivers good. And Baker Mayfield makes great receivers bad. And that's the difference. That's what a guy you pay versus a guy you don't. You don't have to pay to have a boatload of receivers around Aaron Rodgers. You can give him one guy and some complimentary pieces. And there's some interesting playoff matches that are going to happen. I mean, today, if the playoffs start, you'd have the Bills, the Colts, the Bills again. Remember, the Colts destroyed the Bills earlier in the year in Buffalo. Yeah. Have you watched any of that hard knocks yet? No. I haven't either. I want to watch it, though. I heard it's good. Carson Wentz, I can. Just, I saw some previews. He's a dork, though. He's a total dork. <laughs> the ultimate dork. I mean, I mean, there's there honestly, that's that <laughs> it's it's almost my it's almost my argument against religion more than any other. And I have a, I have one million and one arguments against organized religion. But the number one is look around. It does make you dorky. Look around the league. Look around the NFL. Look around the sports. Look around whatever. I mean, look at just the quarterback position. All the Jesus freaks are fucking dorks. Russell Wilson, dork. Kirk Cousins, dork. You like that? Do you like Jesus? Carson Wentz. Do you think Derek Carr's a dork? He's a Jesus freak. Yeah, kind of. He's kind of a dork, too. Derek Carr, get a fucking haircut. What are you doing? Yeah, what's going on with his hair, man? Remember fucking Philip Rivers? Fucking dork. Oh, yeah, shucks. Get out of my stinking face. Okay. Trash-talking, non-swearing dork? Yeah. At least his dorkness is like kind of charming in a way because it's so nerdy. Yeah, it, to me, it wouldn't be charming. If I had ever been a defender he was talking shit to, I would literally have just been like, Philip, fuck you. He'd be like, oh, shit, shucksers. <laughs> Don't but, come in here with that butterscotch. So I didn't watch any of your team's game yesterday. You guys, what, what happened? You guys got pummeled. I mean. Your, your boy Jake from State Farm. Yeah. 3-3 three, three at the half because the Eagles are not good. They're not. If the Eagles make the playoffs, well, geez, I'll bet everything I have 
and I'm getting this shit kicked out of him. Three three at the half because Jalen Hurts is is also a bad quarterback, but just I mean everything that we're talking about in terms of quarterback and value and how you should manage that position when you're paying a guy when you're not the the biggest failure on a lot of teams is having a guy that's not making that much and maybe isn't that good. And then not backing that guy up with somebody. I mean, the idea that Mike Lennon's even in that game yesterday at any point, I don't care how Jake Fromm is playing. And he was playing horribly because they can't defend the guy who came off the practice squad of the bills two weeks ago. But who cares? What are we doing with Mike Lennon? Also, I'll just straight up say it. Why is Mike Lennon your backup? That is a mismanagement from the Giants franchise. You're not paying Daniel Jones. You're not paying him. Remember when the Cowboys weren't paying Dak Prescott and they gave Andy Dalton $5 million or whatever it is? That's how you fucking do it. Have a guy who has experience in the league. Remember when Jameis Winston was on a rookie contract and they had Ryan Fitzpatrick backing him up? When Tua was on a rookie contract, they had Ryan Fitzpatrick backing him up? Marcus Mariota is just getting red zone plays for the Raiders? Why isn't Marcus Mariota backing up Daniel Jones? The exact same style? Pay him $5 million, $8 million, whatever it is, to come here and back a guy up. You're going to have a quarterback that you're running with on a rookie contract. You're going to back him up with Mike Lennon? And this is what happens. I know Eagles fans. I know everything I know about Eagles fans. They're fucking turned. They're winning the Super Bowl. They're going to spit on a kid in a Redskins jersey at fucking the link next week. They don't give a shit. Double finger birds, the whole fucking deal. They're definitely winning the Super Bowl. The Eagles fucking stink. The Giants beat them, what, five weeks ago when they had Daniel Jones, who at this point is what? I don't know. A mediocre at best quarterback who can't stay on the field because he's only competent, at least in under this offensive line and under this regime while running the ball. And then the Eagles beat up on Mike Glennon. The Eagles fucking stink too. Let me, let me see. I know, I know Tyler does the, uh, he does the percentage odds for us on the analytics. Let's, let's see what the chances are of the Eagles making the playoffs as of now. Oh wow! They have a, I didn't realize they were that high. The Eagles have a sixty percent chance of making the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, they're not going to do anything, dude. What they're bad. They're bad. I mean, three three at the half. The 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 they take over in the second half because on the first possession of the second half, they have a like a full on punch to Jake Fromm's face. And uh, face mask. He throws a pick. They don't fucking call it. They score 10-3. The rest of the game is just them taking advantage of the Giants not being able to move the ball. Super short field scoring. They scored three points the first half. Jalen Hurts isn't good. And honestly, I've seen Eagles fans doing it because the Giants have said, oh, we're sticking with Daniel Jones and we're sticking with Joe Judge, which on both cases, and by the way, the Giants need 
major roster retooling and definitely a GM fix. Sticking with Joe Judge, you can't fire your coach every two years. You can't. You also have not shown you have the ability to pick a new coach. So I'm fine with Joe Judge sticking around for another year. Daniel Jones, why wouldn't you stick with him when you're not paying a quarterback? I don't think sticking with Daniel Jones means, I think that just means we're not releasing him, which is fine. Try to try to trade for a quarterback if you can. Try to draft somebody or try to get whatever. Like I'm fine with sticking with Daniel Jones from, again, the quarterback contract situation. So, but I feel the exact same way as when Eagles fans salivate when seeing that, as a Giants fan, I'm like, oh, I'm seeing these tweets that Jalen Hurts has proven on, on a short field against Jake Fromm and Mike Lennon that he is an Eagles franchise quarterback. Give it to me forever. I was over at my, I was over at my buddy's house yesterday. His wife went to Alabama. His her dad was there. They were doing all the Alabama things. Devontae Smith and Jalen Hurts and blah blah blah. And my buddy is not an Alabama guy, so he's like. Fuck Jalen Hurts. I hope he gets hit by a car. And I was like, no, no. We want him to play quarterback for the Eagles forever. And I truly, I hope that they extend Jalen Hurts for 10 years. I mean, this is his first year as a starter, to be fair, like full Great. starter. Great. Which, which would, you know, you could argue there's room for sure. improvement. Sure. Great. There's room for improvement. There's room for improvement for Tua as well. Also, if I was a Jets fan or a Bills fan or a Patriots fan, I'd be rooting for them to be like, we love Tua. He's our guy. We're never drafting a quarterback. We're not in the market. We don't want Deshaun Watson. We're sticking with Tua. I'd be like, cool. Check the check the Miami out of this situation forever. Deshaun Watson. There's a name from the past. What's going on with him? What are we doing? I love how something just goes away. Honestly, at this point, since no other teams give a fuck about like having any soul, you know, uh, the Browns, the Browns, I hope the Giants trade for him. I'd, I'll, I'll tell you this. I'd rather have an, a 30 time accused rapist than Russell Wilson at this point. I don't want, I don't want anything to do with Russell Wilson this off season Whoa. I'm on the record. I don't want Mr. Unlimited in New York. Whoa, shots fired to my guy. You missed that pick, Joe. I told you. What, the Bears game? That was wild. The snow in Seattle? The, 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 the weather killed me. And also, your boy, I mean, down the stretch, they, they, they're up 14 in that game. They're up 10 in that game. Just in just like, let Russ make fucking appetizers. Really? He only threw the ball 27 times, man. I know. They rushed for 170 yards. I mean, they did do that. No, I know. I'm saying, but down the stretch, my my problem with your boy recently, and and my not wanting him on New, the New York Giants is like because is. their offensive line is bad, and he's not good when pressured. But uh, I just you've seen it in the last couple playoff games. It's like. Listen, I know he's so unlimited, but there was a couple times in that Bears game to just put that game away. And they limp off the field and then it stays close and they come back. It's like you got to make a fucking third down conversion here or there and just put them away when you're up. 
Yeah. Well, obviously I don't have faith in them. I, I, I picked against them and us. And then also in my pick six league, I man, I just, that weather though, can, that's very unusual. Is it not to get that much snow in Seattle? Well, it's, it's usually so just so wet that I think that's what I'm saying. Know, it's, it, you're more likely to just get rain. What's going on with the weather? Dude, it's like in the 60s here and rainy the last few days. 60s. It was 69 degrees in Christmas. I don't know what's going on, man. Stuff is out of control. I mean, it's climate change, right? <laughs> That's what's going on. <laughs> I don't like it. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I, there's a, there's, there's yeah. a lot of people that don't. I don't, of, I don't most, like. Most of the people that don't like it more than you are scientists. Well, Christmas. Who are like, who are like oh, 69 at Christmas. Wait till it's 41 in August and fucking there's snow on the ground or it's, you know, the, the, the oceans rise to the point where your old Venice beach apartment is underwater. They'll still find a way to smoke crack. Yeah. I just Who'll never be smoking bet. Who'll be smoking crack on the beach then Ben fucking Aquaman. <laughs> What's that from? Dude, it's the greatest Ben Shapiro fucking troll job ever. Have you not seen this clip? Oh, you just put it in, put it into YouTube right now. Play it. Ben, just put Ben Shapiro Aquaman. It's the best thing ever. Him arguing against climate change. It's you got to hear it. It's so funny. He's honestly like at this point, like I don't even I don't even get upset by him because I know he's just like a cartoon troll. But like this is the funniest bit in. Is this titled Sell the Houses to Who Aquaman? Yeah, it's so funny. The way the guy also comes through the wall. Like, honestly, this is comedy gold to me, the guy who does it. So let's say, let's say, for the sake of argument, that all of the water levels around the world rise by... Why is there video game music? This isn't the original. I think it is, but who cares? It might be. Let's say five feet over the next 100 years, say 10 feet by the next 100 years, and it puts all the low-lying areas on the coast underwater, right? Which, let's say all of that happens. You think that people aren't going to just sell their homes and move? Just one small problem. Sell their houses to who, Ben? Fucking Aquaman! What the fuck? <laughs> so, w- was that kind of like a, a spoof off of The Shining? I, think so. I don't know. <laughs> I love it though. The timing of it, the yelling. It's great. Oh my God. Well, my initial point was I just don't like a warm Christmas. That's all I was trying to say. I, I yeah. never got, I never got used to it in California, and I damn sure don't want to get used to it in Ohio when it's 65 degrees out. I like it in California. I, I you know, there's something I really enjoy about Christmas lights in LA. Like, I don't know, it gives me real like lethal weapon, kiss kiss bang bang. Like, I like I don't like the in between. Give me the give me the white Christmas. Give me the East Coast white white Christmas, or give me just eighty five and sunny 
and fake snow and people in Santa outfits and the Christmas lights up on L on LA shit. But totally agree with you. Same as here. It's like a, a mucky, misty, rainy fifties for Christmas is the worst. It's like, Oh, well, I'm dreaming of a muddy Christmas. <laughs> Just like the ones I used to know. So last year on Christmas, it was 17. Just brown shit on my trousers. <laughs> yeah. Last year was 17 degrees during Christmas. This year it was 69 degrees and raining. I'm like, what, 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 what is happening? My nephew had a meltdown too. Oh my God. Kids, kids can only last so much. Doesn't Nick Swartz have an old bit about, it's more of babies are basically drunk people. Do you, yeah. know, do you know that bit? Yeah. And I think of that or it's similar. Like to me, it's it's similar. Like I always say they're like sorority girls. The mood swings from like what they want and the temper tantrums to just like my nephew did that. And then he was acting like he didn't do that on the way home. And then was just like being all nice. I'm like, dude, a minute ago, you were literally punching my brother in the face when he's trying to buckle you into the seatbelt. Now you're acting like it didn't happen. You're, you're a sorority girl who threw a fit and started crying. And then somebody gave her like a late night slice of pizza. And now she's chilled out and you're all relaxed. Kids are insane, dude. Like, do you ever see meltdowns? The kids oh, in your yeah. family? Oh, yeah. I mean, my my nieces and nephews are all pretty chill, like pretty good. I mean, Mikey's got two kids. My sister just has one. Um, Mikey's kids, remarkably well-behaved for, you know, having Mikey as a father. Um, and, you know, my nephew here, my sister's son, very chill too. But like even the little things, you know, like, oh, he's kind of off his schedule because the Christmas yes. and everything off the schedule like, is the big he, one. He's in, he was, I mean, he literally just went down for a nap. That's why the last couple of times we've done dirty sports, we scheduled for this time. I'm like, we could do it while he's napping. That way I can help her before I can help her after whatever. He'll just get into bed for his nap and, and just like start listing things like loudly. He's just mom, dad, uncle Joe, just like listing people. Then he starts counting one, two, this kid's one and a half. He's counting to 30 to put himself to bed. I was like, is he counting sheep? She's like, no, nah, he's just counting. I'm like, okay. Just screaming himself to yeah, sleep. Man. That's what I'm saying. Kids are wild. Absolutely insane. Like, I that's my favorite what you said. I love hearing that. Well, their schedules are off. But it's true. Like a kid, if you put them off schedule, their normal schedule, and obviously they're getting presents and it's Christmas and there's all that excitement and they're up later and they're eating a lot of sugar and their diets off. It turns them into lunatics. Turns me into a lunatic too. I mean, to a lesser degree, but also at the same time, it's like there, there was a time where I used to talk about my, uh, the great thing for me is like, I almost, I almost figured out like the secret to like never having New York, LA jet lag, which was like in New York, I go to bed at four in LA, I go to bed at one in New York. I get up at 10 AM in LA. I get up at seven and 
everything pretty much stays on schedule. I don't have to worry about it. But now it's like, dude, I'm 42. I can't be like up till four in the morning here. I'm also staying at my sister's. Like, what am I going to do? Just drink alone in the living room. So like now I am like on a weird schedule. Like I'm, I like can't go to sleep until like two, but then I'm sleeping in. There's like a baby here that's waking me up at eight. It's like, I'm eating Christmas food. It's all sweets. Oh man. I haven't had a vegetable in how long? Oh, that like, yeah. That messes with your dumps, bro. And and then and then I'm here and everybody knows, you know, the one thing that you can't get in New York, the one thing you can't get in LA that it dominates New York is pizza, but also yeah. just like great Italian food. And I'm like, I, I said it yesterday. I'm like, guys, I love I love Italian food and I love pizza, but I can't do it every single yeah, meal. Your system hates you. Just is just I'm just carb loading. Am I yeah. running a oh. fucking am I running a super marathon next week oh. that I don't know about? Why am I just eating pounds and pounds of pasta? Yeah. I know. First couple of days I was like, yeah, this is great. But now I'm just living on bacon, egg, and cheeses and pasta Ooh. and pizza. I, I I just your insides just sitting on the toilet all glued together, constipated, brutal. You want to hear from the Revenge of the Sith Defenders? Not really, but I we guess. have to. We have to. We have to have this discussion. Okay, here's. I'm just going to say this before we get into it. There's only two calls. Okay, I'm going to say this again because I know Star Wars is very important to a lot of people. A lot of people. I would say it's. I'd say it's ab- above average importance to me but that I'm very, 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 very far from being any sort of Star Wars nerd. I've seen every single Star Wars movie. I've seen basically every single Star Wars, you know, piece of, of creation. I didn't watch like the cartoon stuff, um, but I've basically seen everything, probably everything multiple times. Um, it's, you know, I, I, I mean, dude, I'm, I was born in 1979. I mean, you talk about when I was a kid, like we had the clothes, we had the toys, we had everything. Like it's important to me. Okay. So I'll say this from my point of view, kind of the only real, the only real review of Revenge of the Sith is it saved the prequels franchise. It was really good. It saved the prequels trilogy. It was really good in comparison to fucking Jar Jar Binks. Sure. And the rest of that prequels, the stuff that's come out since all in all start to finish movies have basically all been better. And the original trilogy obviously is so much better. It was groundbreaking. It was game changing. Great fucking acting, you know, and people who want to have the Luke Skywalker thing, like, you know, Mark Campbell's not great. That's fine. That's fine. But there's a lot of other great actors in the thing. And it's just way better. And that, that's me complimenting Revenge of the Sith. Well, look, I, I don't, think, you know, this, this is, this is sort of the Russell Wilson discussion. I'm not going to lie. It's like, it's not a matter of whether it's good or bad. It's a matter of how you're thinking about it in comparison to things that are better or worse. Well, uh, by the way, I don't hate it either. I mean, I mean it, it's the best of the three. I, and, and, and I would go as far as I wouldn't say necessary, necessarily. Um, the new three are better. I'd have to go back and rewatch them, but like there, there, there's just some things that are being left on the calls that just, you're just wrong. 
Like, like I'll play them. I'll play the two calls. Cause I feel like, you know, people want to get their opinion heard and let's hear what people have to say. Hey boys, this is uh, Preston. I've uh, called a few, called it a few times and, uh, Guys, we're talking a little Star Wars on the last episode, and um, I'd just like to weigh in on my Revenge of the Sith opinion. Um, it's the fight scene. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with your brother, um, Andy. It's one of the best fight scenes in all of Star Wars. Um, I have the high ground. I mean, come on. Um, it's definitely not the best Star Wars movie, but I think you guys are a little unfair on it. I think maybe you should go back and rewatch the third one. It's actually it's actually pretty good. Um, I don't know. Maybe a lot of people disagree with me, but Revenge um, of is in my top three Star Wars movies of all time. So not number one, probably not number two, but I'll, I'll put it at number three. Um, I just I think you're a little unfair um, here. Um, not acting like Hayden Christensen is a great actor or anything, but just curious. I thought I'd let you know. Anyway, stay dirty, boys, and have a good Christmas. Here's what I'll say. I I, th- I think the appeal of Revenge of the Sith is is I think you'll agree with me in the overline story overall storyline. Yes, because we want to know where Darth Vader came from and yeah. how Hayden Christensen officially. And this is the last thing that happens before the thing that set off the whole thing. Yes. And how the emperor, you know, became the bad emperor. Like that's where there's so much appeal. It's an, it is an interesting storyline. And obviously, you know, Natalie Portman and giving birth to the twins and dying. Here's what, here's what I would say in terms of rank this again, we're now, we're now real. This is really like a, this is like how I, break down like Russell Wilson or Kirk cousins or whatever. It's like, it's to me, it's all on like where you're positioning it. It's like, let's say you come to me with revenge of the Sith is the third best star Wars movie behind star Wars, a new New hope Hope. and empire strikes back. And then you're going a distant third. You, you like revenge of the Sith more than return of the Jedi and less than or less, yeah, more than Return of the Jedi and more than all of the things that have come after it. Okay, fine. I disagree. I think Return of the Jedi is better, and I'm not the world's biggest Return of the Jedi fan. But, you know, we talk about, we talk about, oh, the fight scene. How about the fucking Pit of Sarlacc, Black Luke Skywalker, fucking out of, you know, R2-D2's head comes the lightsaber, like... Bro, come on. So, but my thing is, if you bring to the table, listen, Ewoks are puppets. I'm not into it. Jim Henson shouldn't be involved in my fucking Star Wars. Uh, you know, I've got Empire Strikes Back, A New Hope, Revenge of Sith. Okay, I'll hear you out. You know, I'm not going to kick you out of dinner. But you come with Revenge of the Sith is better than those two. Get the fuck out of my house. Hey, well, and I'm about to do that. I'm about to do that. Listen to this call. What's going on, boys? This is uh, Dirtball Walt calling in. And first of all, this is what's so blasphemous of this call. He's named after my father. 
for what he named after him. (laughs) My dad is the first one to ever be named Walt. For 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 him to come at me with this take and you, and also be named R.I.P. Walt Ruther. Oh, dude, I listened to this like three times. I was like, is this is this for real? Is his name really Walt? First of all, what person under the age of seventy is named Walt? Anyway, I digress. Listen to what Walt says. Then I just have to address the absolute blasphemy and slander that has gone on in the last episode over Revenge of the Sith. I mean, I can recognize enjoying the original trilogy more because of the nostalgia, obviously for more middle-aged people, but I can't imagine what makes any of the three better than revenge of the sith i i don't know revenge of the sith is honestly probably one of the greatest movies of all time non-stop action great plot line emotional and it sets everything up perfectly great quotability i don't know i i really don't know i can't believe the slander that I had to listen to the last episode it was ridiculous. I couldn't sleep. I've lost sleep. I'm a Revenge of the Sith stand, so I have to call in and defend myself and everybody else along with me. But uh, on that note, I will say condoms are for people who enjoy Attack of the Clones, also known as the worst movie of all time. All right, boys, stay dirty. This guy not only said that Revenge of the Sith was the best Star Wars, which is what my little brother has said, which is just, you're just wrong. He called Revenge of the Sith one of the greatest movies. Yeah. Listen, dude, I don't put any of the Star Wars in any of the greatest movies of all time. Dude, no one. Empire Strikes Back is the closest we get. Yeah. And no one will agree with that. But like, like if you bring in legit movie experts, no one's going to agree with you, man. No one. Here, here's the other thing about you know, we talk about the nostalgia and like whatever. And, you know, you take take a shot at like us, like we're we're, Old. you know, a bad boys, Pistons defenders or something like that. Like if the CGI was so great and so beloved, why they go? Why they go back? Exactly. He, why they go back? He's not. Why didn't, they, why didn't they just start? Why didn't they do a whole fucking third trilogy? With where a million fucking cartoon clones are running around again. Not the, to mention, like it, it, the the original three, using the technology they had at the time to do a science fantasy, like an like a science fantasy trilogy, is what made it so great. Then to come back. With cartoons for three cartoons. They were cartoons. Let's be honest. They're more cartoon than they're not. Yeah. The scene where he's, you know, you know, doing the like police chase in the fucking, you know, through the city. I'm like, it's an awesome scene. It's also a cartoon. It's a cartoon. None of that is happening at all. It's not even happening. Sort of. That's Hayden Christensen in a fucking thing that is in front of a green screen. It's it's what it's what makes 
the fucking second three worse than the first three. And what makes the second three, except for the storyline and all the things that you talked about making Revenge of the Sith great, worse than most of the recent ones. Well, let's not forget. After the original three, remember when George Lucas, so they can make even more money, went back and added a few scenes and added the cartoon and the CGI. Do you remember the backlash? Yeah. So they could re-release it. So they, you know, they redid the initial three and they re-released it in the theaters literally for like an extra job of the hut scene in a new hope and an extra. And it looks so out of place and bad and it got destroyed. And the reason that you hate, you know, attack of the clones or whatever the fuck it was that, you know, you called the worst one ever is because instead of just having Jar Jar Banks as a guy in a costume, you have a fucking cartoon Jamaican alien snorkeling and shit and like swimming and whatever. There's reasons you don't see fucking R2-D2 and C-3PO, you know, uh, uh, fucking swinging from vines in the Ewok jungle because they're people in costumes. Yeah. Listen, there's great cartoons out there. And you can like great cartoons. And then I guess if you like cartoons, then the guys who are Clone Wars cartoon stands should also call in and tell us what you think about those cartoons, because that's what the prequels were cartoons. Oh, the fucking scene, the fight scene. It's the greatest fight scene ever. Yeah. You know, it would have been fucking really cool. Like if it was felt like it was happening somehow through some sort of, you know, special effects on lava, not felt like it was happening in cartoon fire. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, like, I don't, I like the fight scene with Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor, but exactly there are the you know the high ground lines and there's the infamous lines that you were supposed to be the chosen one and you know all those lines but guys like the fight scene in empire strikes back with luke and darth Vader and cloud city like that's a great fight scene where like objects are being force thrown at each other they're really moving like it's real special effects yeah that's a great fight scene even in the return of the Jedi, but it's, we, but it also takes place in an environment that it has that they, it's like, this is the best we can do with what we have. Yeah. They could have just been f- force floating above the ground or like everything could have been like a di- like, dude, it's a cartoon. That's fine. And some people like cartoons, kids more than me. I'm an old head. I don't like cartoons as much as I like live action. Yeah, I mean, I mean, come on, man. You just that's just a bad take. I mean, you're saying it's better than the like you said, you, you know, you can argue Return of the Jedi. I disagree with that too, but come on, the first two. Come on, dude. And and, and Empire Strikes Back is universally regarded as the best Star Wars movie, hands down. Hands down. It's not because we're older and we have nostalgia. It's just regarded as better. Get out of here with that take. Get out of here with that. Come on. You're Walt. Do you realize how much this crushes me, Walter? But again, Andy, this is, you know, I, I like 
this is something where I, f- I feel like there is a generational divide. I just, I don't know. Like it, it boggles my mind to me that people prefer nineties basketball to today. I just, I can't do it. And I would say if this is the way that the star Wars movies had gone, then I would be like, I get it. I'm an old head. You guys have moved on. They've become cartoons. The young kids don't mind it. It's fine. Star Wars, like, we're going back. (laughs) We're getting rid of the cartoons. We're going back to the old school. And there's a reason they did that. Because it's better. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, let's move on from this. Let's get to some other dirtball calls. 310-359-8365 is the hotline. We have a couple calls. And we'll uh, get to those to wrap up the show. Here's a paid call from Reed. What's up, Joe and Andy? It's your number one Yolo County Dirtball Reed checking in. So I've really been enjoying the show the last few uh, weeks. You guys have been killing it uh, with with your takes and uh, all your all your um, summaries of sports news and everything. I've uh, really liked the uh, Peng Shui stuff. It's a good example of how you guys, uh, you know, keep keep lesser uh, lesser uh, circulated stories in uh, in our conscious. And um, that the Peng Shui stuff has reminded me of another uh, story that has kind of dropped out of the uh, public conscious, but should be brought up again. Um, Andy, uh, L Chain Gate, uh, have you registered for a class yet? I feel like I haven't heard any updates in a long time. So I was hoping, uh, hoping we could get some, uh, some discussion about that and how you're going to, uh, pay up for your, uh, your mistakes in the past. Um, so yeah, that's mostly, oh, uh, actually I had one more thing to ask about. Um, what is, what are actions that people do that you judge for that are technically benign? Uh, for me, if you eat string cheese without peeling it or if you stand up uh, immediately when an airplane lands. If you do those things, I think you are strange. Uh, I was just curious what you guys think of uh, any actions you guys can think of for uh, things of that nature. Uh, all right. Anyway, keep up the good work and um, hope you guys had a good Christmas. Uh, stay dirty, boys. El Chingate, what are you talking about? You know, you're t- you know what you're talking about, right? Yeah, I'm just messing with you. Okay, good. Because I was just thinking about that. You swept this week in Pick'em. You got you picked up three again, so you're at five with two weeks to go. I mean, you you know, I, I would say that you've gone into ball control mode a little bit. You know, last week you were like Steelers, and you're like, no, 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 wait, you picked up, you got you got the cheese. I did that. I did that on one yeah. game. I I didn't feel good about and, that. And and it's okay. It's okay. Listen, there. This is all strategy. This is all strategy. This ball strategy. control mode. A lot of strategy. You know, uh, I get it. You, you, like, like a basketball game, you know, you were up big. I went on a run. I pulled it close. You called a timeout and you're like, guys, we need to have better shot selection. If, if he puts up a shot and we kind of like it, let's box out, get an offensive rebound, you know, get a a rebound. And that's, and that's what happened with, you know, the chief Steelers game. It's fine. Again, strategy. But I was just thinking about, man, I really do not want to fucking go to an Ikea for 24 hours 
or as long as they're open. And then I was like, oh, also, doesn't Ruther have to like take a women's studies course or something like that? Like, wasn't that just to get us back to even? So I was just thinking about this as well. So have you browsed like the Cincinnati State Community looking, College? Yeah, I'm looking at Cincinnati State right now. I'm looking at their website. Um, Winter classes probably starting soon. Where, where are the offerings? My brother works there, so uh, he can help me. Cincinnati State Community College. Where? Anyway, I'm not going to do this right now. I'm not going to look. Well, you should look after the show. Make yourself a note. Course search. Let's see what we got. Anyway. Okay. I'll, ch I'll check it out, of course. What if I put women's studies? Is that what we're doing? Would that be gender studies? I think we were, we were talking gender studies. Okay. While you're looking that up, I'd also just like to remind people before we even get to plugs, since we're not at calls yet, that I will be performing this weekend with Eddie Ift at House Comedy in Phoenix, Arizona. I'll be opening for him Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I'm also performing as the headliner on Thursday, the 30th, House of Comedy in Arizona. You should come. Randy Ruther's doing a guest spot. Randy Ruther turned up from this Bengals, big Bengals performance. We're doing a guest spot. So if you want to see the Randy Ruther in person and myself headline this Thursday, get your tickets now. House of Comedy in Arizona. I believe it's House of Comedy AZ.com or something like that. Good. Yeah. I'll look this up. I'll talk to my brother. I'm seeing my brother tomorrow. He's worked up there for years, so he can give me some insight. As far as benign things that set me off, uh, certainly the way pe people eat string cheese doesn't do it. People getting off the oh. plane, people standing up early on the plane doesn't bother me as much. I hate it. As people, because sometimes, like, I stand up relatively early because, like, man, sitting on a plane for me is tough. But the people who try to leave before somebody in front of them, that bothers me. Yeah, you're an asshole. Yeah. Um, another thing is I hate it when people, when I hear somebody order food and they say, can I get, I hate, can I get, I'll have, may I have, I'd like to try those things. Can I, can I get a burger? I don't know. Can you get a burger? Like it, it just seems very, um, I don't know. It, I, I worked as a, you know, in the restaurant thing and it didn't bother me like as a, as like a cashier that much, but it just, I don't know. It feels a little disrespectful to me and I don't think it's meant to be disrespectful, but I think also you youngins need to think like, think about your words. Can I get sounds? Well, aesthetically it should be may. Yeah. But like also may I get like, may well, I have, may like, I, may you're, I have, yeah, you're not you're not getting it. They're getting it for you. You know, I don't. Yeah. It, no, it, it's almost like when you, I almost feel like when somebody says, can I get, it's like almost taking the person that's serving you out of the equation. You're almost like, can I, can I get from the kitchen? Uh, it's like, what about me, dude? I'm bringing it for you. 
can you bring me a may I have? Uh, that really bothers me. I also don't like it when uh, I hold the door for somebody and they don't say shit. So rude. So I don't rude. say anything about it, but I also look at that person and in my mind, I'm like, fuck you. If, if I'm on the freeway and you start riding me and you don't give me a chance to get over, I will slow down and also give you the finger. Now, I've been told from a friend, you need to chill out. Oh, I do. I do something way, way worse. Everybody's <laughs> like, dude, somebody's going to pull out a gun, some redneck. He's going to pull out. A, I'm like, dude. If you, because because I'm all about getting over. If I see you, if I see you pulling up, I'm gonna get up. But when you like, don't give me a chance to get out of the fast lane, and you start riding me. I was in, I was in uh, the last time I went to Tahoe. I was driving to our boy Damo's house, and I got on the highway, in a rental car. I knew I had full coverage. Thank you, former Enterprise Dirt Ball and Hall of Famer CT. I knew I had full coverage. This guy gets behind me, starts riding me. There's cars. I'm, I'm basically boxed in. So there's a car in front of me in the lane. It's a two lane highway. And that I can't, I would have already passed this car. If this car could get over. Finally, that car passes the car in the right lane. It goes over to the right. I get in front of it and I go over to the right. But before that had happened, the guy was behind me flashing me. So once I let him by what I did, I, and I, I, I pushed the guy until he was driving like 105 at one point. I got on that guy's bumper and I rode four feet from his bumper for the rest of the, for, for an hour, sometimes going a hundred miles an hour, four feet away. That's right. Because bro. I was like, cause I was like, fuck you, bro. You can't, you will never drive fast enough to get 10 feet of separation between us. You will never drive fast enough. I will ride your ass for the entirety. Dom was like, man, you got here in like 40 minutes. I was like, I drove a hundred miles an hour and I was drafting somebody. So yeah. That's reckless, man. Yeah. Fuck Can't that be doing dude. that. He slams on fuck his brakes. Come on. Yeah. He stepped on his brakes. What? He would have had a damaged rear end and I would have fucking turned my enterprise rental car in. I was like, yeah, this guy, I rear ended somebody and I got attacked by a bear. That's put it on my fucking, put it on my CT account. That's some carnage. I mean, you never know though. I mean, I mean, cars. Let's not forget they're they're weapons. Like you're in a weapon going at a high speed. I think people forget. I think we forget that at times. These I turned things, on like death metal, and I was like, "Let's fucking go." That's why they call him Joey. No chill, Prano. Not full of chill. It's Joey. No chill. All right, let's do one more call. I have another benign one, but we'll see. What's up, Dirty Sports? JT from Jersey here. Another uh, big stoner question. Uh, We got it. I'm fucking stoned, and I thought of it listening to the show. What is your guys' pre-show ritual? That could be part of the podcast, or more importantly, stand up, Joe. You're still doing all these shows, and then Andy, when you were doing shows, you know, are you guys drinking before stand up? Are you smoking a joint, smoking a J, taking shots? Uh, what did you guys do back in the day? What do you do now? Like, let me know. Curious. Uh, condoms are for Sideshow Network and Joe Bartman, <laughs> and that old sound tech you guys had. 
Wow. Just throwing oh, right, the, yeah. the entire sideshow network team under the bus. Um, I appreciate. So that's why you guys get a different flavor of podcast when we do it in the evening versus when we do it in the morning, in the morning, typically my, especially when I'm in California and Andy's back East, I, for me, my pre-show is either get up coffee shit podcast, or more recently get up, go for a swim, come home, coffee, breakfast, sometimes a shower right into it in the morning. That's good. Evening vibes for me, whenever we do the show in the evening, usually a beer or two prior beer or two on the show. Sometimes I would say about 50% of the time, a little weed involved, depending on how late in the night we do it and what I'm going to be doing after. Um, and then for stand up for me, been a long, 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 long time that I, since I participated in consuming cannabis of any time of any kind prior to a show I've done it on occasion, like in the last few years, like where it's like semi accidental or whatever, but I don't like being high uh, pre-show because I don't get fucking nervous unless I'm stoned. Uh, no matter what, like sort of the situation is, there's no real, like, even when I've done some of these bigger shows I've done recently or whatever, I don't, I don't really get nervous unless I'm fucking have a little bit of cannabisism and then I'm panicking and being like, all oh, my jokes suck. I hate myself. Um, so for stand up, it's usually pretty chill, usually uh, a beer or two pre-show, um, just kind of ha have some quiet moments uh, where you're enjoying a beer or a cocktail, go through my notes a little bit and, you know, just kind of like get, get, get quietly hyped. Yeah. Good breakfast is always good before the podcast. I like to make the Andy Ruther scramble. It's always important. Light a candle. I just blew it out. There's a nice little candle. I light here. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really drink or smoke weed before stand up. Well, obviously I don't drink anymore, but yeah, I'd rather be, you, you know, you want to have your wits about you. And when you're fully sober, you're usually funnier. And I, I used I used to feel like I did really well when I was like a little stoned drunk. You're just not you're not functioning at the highest yeah, yeah. rate of speed. No um, stoned. It slows you down a little bit. Also kind of can can do some fun things like I actually don't mind performing stoned. I sometimes think I have find some good things, but it just it just fucks up my pre show. But like when you used to do the hostel, I don't know if Majid still does the hostel these days. But like that would be a show I'd come to a little stoned or a little drunk or whatever. And it's like, oh, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to come here, do some fucking stony crowd work. Yeah, it's out. a different atmosphere for sure. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah, I guess you're right. I, I could maybe smoke a little before those shows. But uh, I do like food after shows. A little. Yeah, you love a post show shit meal. Oh, I do. I love a post show fatty person it's, but it's your after party that's a that's a sober guy after party let's go get milkshakes let's get a pizza yeah oh yeah 100 percent. that that's about it. that's my next goal i i gotta get my my eating is just i gotta get that under control i can just get so reckless that's my that's my lame 2022 
goal, so to speak, is just get it under control, the eating habits. Like, oh, I had a healthy lunch. I had a healthy breakfast. And for dinner, I'm eating an entire large pizza from Costco. Like, what? You just ruined the entire day, you asshole. 310-359-8365 is the hotline. Thank you for the calls. Thank you for all the podcast reviews. Again, if you take a screenshot on Spotify of a five-star review, send it to me. I'll send you some koozies. I'm sending out koozies this week. Same thing for Apple. Leave your Twitter, Instagram handle in that review. I'll get those out to you. Hi, Bacho. Pray on all social media. Follow me on Instagram where I post all my shows. Uh, and then at Fix Your Life on Twitter. I'll repeat again. I've got my last show in New York tonight. Uh, the Great Frantic at the Stand. And then I'm off to Arizona. Headlining Thursday. Guest spot with v- featuring the Randy Ruther. So come out to House Kamehazy. Honestly, I do love uh, Arizona and I love the club. It'll be a fun weekend. Working with Eddie's always fun. Maybe you're down there for the Fiesta Bowl on New Year's Day. We have a New Year's Eve show. We'll be playing some golf. We'll be, you know, going out with the uh, with some of the Arizona dirt balls we've met in the past. So come out to Arizona. And then also uh, third week of January. I am there, I believe, January 20th, 21st, and 22nd. Um, I will be at Sketchfest in San Francisco, followed by headlining one of our favorites, the Crow's Nest in Santa Cruz on that Sunday. So playoff football and comedy in the Bay Area in a few weeks. Nice. Nice. All right, guys, that is our show. As always, we appreciate all the listeners, all the support. You guys have a lovely week. And as always. Stay dirty.